and now the story of an eclectic fan base who lost touch with reality and the one podcast that somehow holds them all together. It's the Substandard Expanded Universe. Welcome to the SSU pod- podcast, the place where you can find just on- only this podcast. <laughs> my, na- my name is Ryan, and I have food, food source. Um, uh, with me, as on all times, is Chris. He can see. Uh, he can see. Um, and also now joining us is our good friend. Uh, host Thomas, and he uh, likes ki- he likes a kid. Um, and we have exciting things for you today. We has our free guest Flag. We love Flag because he uh, doesn't doesn't uh, have an oxygen tank. Welcome, Flag. Hi. <laughs> that was weird. I- <laughs> I forgot to write an intro and I got nervous and so that's what it I think that was good. Yeah. That, that's now you take over Thomas. That's what I oh, Chris, how are you today? How I'm it, doing well, been, guys. It's been uh, 2 weeks since we last uh, spoke. It's been 2 weeks. It's been a long time, boys. I am glad to be back here with my best friend and with also with Flag and Ryan. <laughs> it's good to be here with you too, Chris. Yep, I, I got a haircut today. Tell us more. Well, what was the barbershop? Uh, it's actually called The Barbershop. Oh. Um, it's one of those places where they've got a bucket of peanuts and leather couches and TVs. And and I'm sure JVL would just go nuts. He'd just grab those peanuts and, and eat them right out of the bucket. I'm sure that doesn't gross him out at all. Okay, two questions. So, two questions. What's the price, and did they talk? The great thing about this, the reason I go to this place is I, I find it, it to be a, a an excellent value. It's $15 if That's you pay cash. It's fifteen fifty if you pay with a card. $15 cash. What? Um, and, it, and it includes a massage. Um, and so they're, they're kind of other kind of man salon or, or different kind of – Places that are comparable, but they're much more expensive. And so this one, like, uh, they keep it pretty affordable. And and oh, they 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 talk to you. Uh, this actually today, this one didn't talk as much, but but I got her to open up. I, I don't have. Oh, a do personal... you think maybe it's because you were referring to her as this one? Yeah. <laughs> like, Did she talk during well, the massage? Uh oh yeah. <laughs> what was she saying? Talk you off. That that's private flag. That is a hairdresser and client confidentiality. So yeah. the same person that cut your hair gave you the massage. Yeah, yeah. My stylist. Huh. Did they massage your head? Uh, well, they, when they washed my hair, they did. Yeah, she did. The Winchester head massage. <laughs> Winchester. <laughs> yeah, she reached around and massaged my forehead, and 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 yeah, I right. might call it a Winchester so- reach around. So, so we haven't talked about this, but I, I really do, do not understand the I want to sit down and for them to shut up and be quiet thing. When I started to go out and get haircuts, my dad and I got our haircut at the same place for, I don't know how long I went there, like 18 years or something. And we got to know the guy. Each time we chatted a bit, he would offer like coffee and cookies. It, it was great. Yeah, I, I don't understand this anxiety about this quote-unquote fake relationship like it's a real relationship like it's called being a person yeah i don't i mean i i don't get my haircut anymore i just shave it myself uh but back when i got haircuts i don't know if i ever went to the same person maybe twice in my entire life other than that i would just like go into was that just because you didn't find anyone you you liked who you thought did a good job or because you didn't care i guess probably because i didn't care mostly I also prefer not to talk. I'd just rather just sit there and not have to pretend Ryan, to Ryan say pretends like he doesn't speak English. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, no speak English. Like, I feel like they're wanting me to entertain them. And just, you know. All of this assumes that uh, they want to talk to you, which... Well, and that's the other thing. I assume Maybe they not. don't want to talk to me either, and I'm just yeah. like, you know, I'm not going to. But but I know, feel I feel like most barbers or hairdressers or whatever. I feel like most of them are 
service-oriented and and like people and want to talk. Generally. T- t- today, the lady, the lady who cut my hair, um, the, the lady barber, um, she she probably wouldn't have talked, but I I kind of got the conversation going with her. She she would have been happy, I think, if I would have stayed quiet. But nope, that's uh, I've got and I've got a new friend now. She's gonna vote for me. <laughs> Ryan, uh, what's new in your your life? <laughs> this revolves around a picture, uh, family pictures that we have up on uh, on a wall as we go up the stairs. There's like this collage with pictures of the boys. I think a couple of my brothers, and they're just all kind of stuck up there with like these old-fashioned metal clips. I don't. This was uh, several months ago. My mother-in-law got a um, bought one of those mobile printers that so that like you could print photos from your camera, just like and just take it with you. It's like this small thing. So I went over and set it up for her, and one of the um, like test photos that I printed I don't, was a picture of. Hervé Villachayez. He's a he's a little person who was a James James Bond oh, villain. Oh, oh. In, uh, the man you with find the golden gun. Funny. He's the he was in the man with the golden gun, and the picture is oh. him just like holding a knife next to his face, and it just looked funny to me. And so I printed that out. It was just like a test picture, and it was great. And when I got home that night, I had the picture, and I just clipped it up on you know with the rest of our family pictures and just didn't say anything and just you know it's still there we didn't really think about it you know rose saw it she was like why did you do that whatever i was just like oh it's funny uh so the other day jack says something we told him not to do something i can't remember what it was and he says will i go to jail like our other brother and we're like what and he just didn't say anything he looked at jonah and jonah's just like smiling and like covering his face, I said, "What, Jack?" He's like, "Our other brother who's in jail." Apparently, Jonah had given this picture a whole backstory, and told them that that was the older brother that they had that they never met because <laughs> he's in jail. And Jonah was using like anything like to get things that he wanted. He would tell Jack and Rhett. Like, oh, well, that's what our older brother did, and he's in jail now, so we won't go to jail by them. And it's been going on, apparently, for months, because I'm having difficulty convincing Jack and Rhett that it's not, they, he's not actually, you know, their older brother. <laughs> they were totally buying into it. And I was just like, Jonah, what is the matter with you? And he's just laughing and... I like I like how the two of them just accepted the fact that they had a brother they had never heard of. Yeah. <laughs> and a brother who didn't exactly look like the rest of the brothers. <laughs> and the only the only picture we had um <laughs> was him with a knife. Yeah. He, well he and that that actor became more famous with the show Fantasy Island, which you guys are too young to have any knowledge of, I'm sure. What what is well, they redid Island. Fantasy Island in the nineties. So I'm really? familiar with that one. Yeah. What what yeah. is this? What is this show? Show movie? Yeah, it was a show with uh, Ricardo Montalban was the main character, and his little helper was uh, what's the guy's name? Ryan. Uh, Hervé Villachayez. Hervé, yeah. So that that was so the, it, Fantasy Island was this island where wealthy couples would go and you know live out some weird fantasy. I don't really remember how this all happened, but uh, anyway. and I think in the original was there not magic? Because I think in the 1998 version, I think there was genuine like Malcolm McDowell played Mr. Rourke, and like he actually could snap his fingers and do magic. Yeah, there was magic stuff. It was. Oh, okay. I just all remember right. it being on the same night as the Love Boat. So back to back, these two ridiculous shows. But Flag, you recently came back from overseas, right? I did. I was in the Czech Republic in uh, Prague doing some interviews for a book project I'm working on on Czech dissidents. And so I interviewed some former dissidents and uh, it was it was a good trip. Interesting people. Is, is there a specific reason you're interviewing Czech dissidents? Um, not particularly. When I first started thinking about studying totalitarianism in depth, I had to make a choice about what what country and I had some friends who had um, I think done a Fulbright in the Czech Republic and people told me yeah the Czech Republic's more pleasant than Russia 
<laughs> why, not, uh, why not interview people what? in a city that's uh, enjoyable and beautiful? Oh, 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 and so- somewhere where, where they'll give you like beet juice and like plain baked potatoes. Yeah, why not? Um, why not cross that off the list? But but also a fun fact: this is this is how academics choose conference locations. Is yeah. like where it would be fun to go. So next year. The International Studies Association has their meeting uh, in Honolulu, and oh, the, the the number of submissions the uh, the deadline was the other day. The number of submissions is double that of last year. <laughs> <laughs> just where, just where? like just like every year that they hold it at Rutgers, it, it tri- <laughs> triples. <laughs> yeah, they should just go back and forth between uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey, and Honolulu. <laughs> But but while while you were in the in Czechia, uh, something uh, happened, right? You stumbled up. Uh, you managed to sow some dissidents, or oh yeah. Well, the, the highlight was um, there happened to be a uh, enormous demonstration in Wenzelse Square, which is the main square in Prague, where the you had those enormous demonstrations in 1989 when communism collapsed. And uh, this time, I just my trip just happened to coincide with a demonstration that I think is the biggest since 89, and it was calling for the ouster of the current prime minister, this former businessman turned politician named Andre Babish, who was accused of um, being uh, on the payroll of the secret police, the STB, under communism, and also has been accused of uh, all sorts of corrupt business practices uh, when he was in the private sector. And so there have been a string of demonstrations over the course of the last month and i guess this was sort of the the pinnacle demonstration so yeah i just went to the uh to the square to get a feel for what it must have been like in in 89 and um yeah it was very exciting you sound excited yeah talking about it yeah i i I happen to uh have a few sseu business cards that ryan (laughs) supplied me with before the trip and so i wanted to go and 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 promote the podcast and and i figured what what better arena to do it than uh, a square in the middle of a Central European city filled with 100,000 people, right? You're not going to get that opportunity uh, again. Right. And so I would, you know, was walking up to random people just saying, hey, do you like podcasts? Have you heard the, heard the SSEU? <laughs> and most of the time they, they turned to me and, and many of them didn't speak English, so they just stared at me awkwardly. And if they did speak English, they, they said, you know, no, I don't. I don't know that yeah, you, that podcast i saw a photo that you took where uh, there was a lady running away from you down a hill yeah yeah that was earlier in the trip i was trying out my czech language skills and i i must have accidentally said some things i shouldn't have she fled quickly so i know you're there interviewing dissidents and whatnot is, is bendova still alive <laughs> Mrs. Bendova is definitely alive. There was actually a uh, a nice uh, memorial service in uh, memorial mass in honor of her late husband who died. Uh, it was the 20th anniversary of her husband's death while I was there, and then they had a little uh, reception at the flat af- afterwards. So it was it was nice. What so? So what 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 got better responses when you were walking around looking for Mrs. Bendova and and walking up to people and saying Bendova Bendova Ben. <laughs> Or when you were walking around asking people about the podcast? The, definitely the podcast. <laughs> Did the Czechs uh, know that the current PM was uh, a corrupt and an informer or whatever before the election? I do not think so. I think this was both of these. Um, I, th- I think he had been, there had already been an accusation about him being an informant before the election, but it had not been proven. And I think it subsequently was was proven that he was on the, the payroll. Um, but I don't think the corruption stuff had been worked out in any sense until after the election. I'm just curious about your, I mean, you've taken an interest in, I mean, I wouldn't call you an expert. I'm not sure anyone would, but but you've kind of focused on totalitarianism as, as, as an idea. Has it been hard to be um, in academia as someone who is pro-totalitarianism? No, I have lots of pro-totalitarian friends. Okay. They're all over so, the place. So you fit right in. Yeah, they're much Campus friendlier. Campus speech to, codes and whatnot. Okay, to, all right. Yeah, why not? Right. Why not? I mean, I can I can help them design the, the repressive apparatus better. Right. 
Yeah, so they usually don't have the know-how that I do. I'm very useful to them. Both our fields are very much in demand, the, the pro-war and, and the pro-totalitarian sides. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Did you go to any Chinese restaurants while you were in Prague? No, but I went to a Mexican restaurant. How is Czechian uh, Mexican food? It's actually... It's excellent. Yeah, because I I think the key is that they know how to they know how to cook their meat. What? But was this run by? They're good at Mexican they're immigrants. Good at handling. It was run. It's run by Czechs, um, but it's definitely a Mexican restaurant, and they have managed to uh, cook some good Mexican food. Okay, so how was their breakfast burrito? I didn't go there for breakfast. I've never had a breakfast burrito in my life. I don't think. But you're, well, what you're saying is that Czechs really know how to handle their meat. Yeah. That's, well, that's... my understanding is that is that uh, most of of what they serve is is sausages. Tons of sausages, dude. Do you feel like you have a grasp of, of how to how to handle sausages as well? Yeah, you, you're not you're not quite like a, a check. Oh no no, my no. my expertise is not that that deep with the sausages. Okay, all right, Thomas, how's how are you doing? It's been a couple weeks. How are you? I'm good. Been watching a lot of Midsummer Murders. Uh, because it's on TV constantly. And it's probably my favorite crime show, I think. I did want to uh, to talk a little bit about... So, so, so like, the, the networks, like the regular channels in the US, like NBC or ABC, do, do they ever show movies? I realized the other day that I never watch these channels. So, do they ever show movies? I mean, they used to. Maybe there'll be, like, a movie of the week, but I feel like now that so many people have... S- uh, watch movies on streaming platforms that that uh, that's gone the way of the dodo. Right. See, yeah, that was my impression. Whereas Swedish Swedish channels, they still do this. So like they they will they will actually have uh, movies. So I have I have the TV guide, uh, which we get every week, uh, <laughs> and so uh, really, yeah. And so there are there are a few dedicated... like you got like the, a magazine or or is this come in the paper or what? Uh, it it comes in the paper and it's it's for a week so it's from what it's from Wednesday. So like how would we know what's on Wednesday. TV? Well, the only way we know is by opening the TV guide. Well, it, it's not the only, but it is a way. Okay. And uh, and here the the regular channels they do still show movies. So we have. Um, for the longest time when I was growing up, the, the main channels were 1, 2, 3, and 4, where channels 1 and 2, they are the, the government. Yes, counting. <laughs> uh, uh, poop. Okay, so we got, we got a poop reference and counting on the show. We can move on. The, Check the, those boxes. The, the first two channels, uh, uh, Swedish Television 1 and Swedish Television 2, they are, of course, the state-run, state-operated channels uh, and therefore also the best ones, uh, and the rest of them are, are private, although this Swedish television has a few others. Uh, but I wanted to, to go through a, a few of the movies that they are showing, because I, I found it interesting, the, the quality of some of these. Uh, so last week, uh, Mamma Mia was on, and oh. in, in the guide, they of course also give stars to the movies, so the most you can get is five stars. Mamma Mia had a, a solid four, what? Uh, I was strongly recommended. Uh, so these are just arbitrary rankings. This no, isn't like... No, no. Uh, and so coming up in the next few days, we have big, big releases like She's the One, Cameron Diaz and Jennifer Aniston. I have no idea what this is. Uh, I've never heard of this uh, movie. Something Borrowed with Jennifer G- Goodwin. I have no idea who that is. Kate Hudson. Wrath of the Titans with Sam Worthington. Liam Neeson and Ray Fiennes. Wait, wait, you're you're, sk- you're skipping the the ratings of these. Are these are these four oh. stars as well? Um, Wrath of the Titans gets one star. <laughs> <laughs> She's the one gets three stars. We oh. also have Birdman, which gets four stars, and The Great Gatsby, which gets three stars. Question: Why would a television network, even if it's state run, why why would it? air a one-star film like why can't they just let it die its quiet death unless this is just a state propaganda thing and they want to make sure that they're not having subversive you know capitalistic um freedom oriented movies maybe it was cheap i don't know like i have no idea how these movies actually are selected that's the answer are these aired during prime time? Most of the the channels put on the bigger movies during the weekend in the evening. From Thursday through Saturday, they 
tend to put on the better movie. This weekend you can go see Arrival, you can go see Rocky IV, Ocean's 13, or go see. I mean, go to the living room and sit in front. Maverick is on. A, a lot of a lot of older movies, uh, and it tends to be a lot of movies that that they repeat. Like I, I don't remember how many times I saw Erica's favorite movie, Remember the Titans, on TV. Like an <laughs> insane amount. Yeah, that one's on here a lot too. Here, and, just like TNT, yeah. FX. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a that's a favorite. Uh, but uh, I should say that, like, for the dedicated movie channels, that the lineups are much better. Um, so uh, transition. We received uh, a note uh, in the mail from the Swedish Forest Agency, where they said that they had uh, inspected our forest and decided that we need to uh, put down more plants uh, in order to uh, uh, regenerate more trees. Oh, okay. So, so the government came to you and said you don't have enough trees. Yeah. Well, so and so they're 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 causing you to spend a bunch of money on trees, and then they'll tax you at fifty percent when you harvest them in a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, that's about right. So was this a suggestion or was this a mandate from from the Swedish government? Uh, it, it, it is it is suggested that you do it within three years or uh, you'll get a fine. Is it common to to plant? trees yes it is it is extremely common for high school youth and people who want summer employment it is really common to go and work uh, in the forest as a planter because i grew up in in the woods and i mean hundreds of thousands of acres billions of acres of Mm -hmm. trees um i don't i don't know that a lot of planting went on it was either coniferous in which i think like when they were done logging it I think maybe they would burn it to kind of just um, complete the carbon cycle and 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 but also like that would uh, you know that that's what gets the pine cones to well you know. so 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 there are there are two methods so after you cut down a forest there are two methods of regenerating trees one is the natural way which you have pine cones that open up and then the seeds come down but in order to do that you need to you need to actually leave trees on the land so that the other method is to just cut everything down and then you go and put down plants. So Legitimately plant, huh? I mean, we talked about sausage, uh, meat, and now we're talking about wood. Uh, can, can, can we move on to something else? Uh, I wanted to ask Flag, have you, have you done, like, family ancestry research at no. some point? You, you haven't? Z- zero. You mean Ancestry.com? Or Ancestry.com or however else people do it if they're not using Ancestry.com? Um, I mean, my father had done some research and, you know, shared it with me. Uh, so but it, we, we, go is ahead. It, is it that you're not curious or that you already know where your family comes from? I mean, I know with the, I don't know, I guess I, I have enough confidence that what I do know is reasonably accurate and it doesn't, I'm not... Um, attracted to the idea of doing some genetic test that will supposedly you know answer these these questions i okay. and and i'm i'm uh, i'm a little bit skeptical that these things are as accurate as they claim to be but okay, um, okay. all right so let me stop you there. so so our latest sponsor gene and me wants to help you uncover the secrets of your ancestors and heritage. So if, if you have ever wondered where you actually come from or who your ancestors actually are, uh, <laughs> and, and there are a lot of people that worry about this, and I think about it, and they might be worried about whether their ancestry is problematic or not. Did they own slaves? Did they participate in illegal wars? Did they immigrate from Canada? Uh, don't worry. So Gene and me is here to help. Gene and me will give you the best and most in-depth history of your family that you can obtain today, anywhere. Forget Ancestry, forget all of the competitors. All you need to do is go to their website, sign up, and then mail them a stool sample. Their cutting-edge technology will analyze the stool and provide a list of ancestors, their names, their occupations, and a score that tells you how problematic they were. So when it is time to pay reparations, you will not have to wonder about how much you owe and can instead just pay the bill and be rid of that white guilt. <laughs> so, Chris, I, I actually sent yours in. Did you know that Harvey uh, Weinstein is your uncle? 
So if you also want to learn more about your family, if you go to geneandme.com and use the promo code DUDESCHATTING, you will receive 20% off your next order. In addition to free copies of Killing Lincoln, Killing Kennedy, Killing Jesus, Killing Patton, <laughs> Killing Reagan, Killing the Rising Sun, Killing England, and Killing the SS. So go and use this offer today. Don't miss out. That sounds like a great deal. Right? You get so much firewood. Yeah, I I love the killing books. <laughs> Thomas, I assume that you've done this because uh so so what percent Aryan are you? Oh, a hundred. Okay. The, I you're, have a question, though, you're about pretty thrilled the, about that. This this science sounds a little suspicious. Oh uh, it, it's um, it's the power of stool. So but if they analyze let's say they analyze your stool the day after a turkey dinner. How much of that turkey are they getting? The day after, say, a trip to uh, to Prague, and you eat a giant sausage, um, you know, won't that affect the the science? I mean, I'm no I'm no expert, but uh, I don't know. I'm a little I'm a little skeptical here. This technology is backed by many PhDs, and I have learned not to question them. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, if 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 there were people with those three wonderful letters after their names, then yeah, I'm sure it's rock solid. Rock solid stool? <laughs> Ouch, that sounds terrible. That's high or low on the scale. <laughs> Painful. For this week, we figured that we were going to continue to watch movies from 1999. And uh, for this week, we decided to watch the talented Mr. Damon. I'm sorry, Mr. Ripley. Chris, how do you rate talented Mr. Ripley? I liked it, yeah. Uh, I I guess I'd have to look at the rest of the movies from that year to kind of give a, a more definitive ranking, but but uh, I give it a, th- a thumbs up. I guess I'd give it uh, maybe uh, a B, B plus, right, right in there. Uh, let's let's just get him as many Do- different kinds. Um, four four stars, uh, six pineapples, um, peaches, twenty twenty three watermelons. I really, yeah, yeah. So. Do, do you have a big boy review? Yes. Um, so the, the movie opens with, with Matt Damon. He's uh, playing the piano at this vocal performance uh, in New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's wearing a Princeton jacket. And someone at this... Hold on to your hats, people. <laughs> some, someone at this at this event recognizes that and, and says, Oh, you know, we're Princeton people too. And... And uh, do, do you know our son? And he's like, uh, yeah, I, I, I know your son. And and uh, and then uh, he takes off the jacket and he hands it the jacket to uh, to what looks like the boyfriend of the singer. And so it's clear that he's he was just a fill in that he, in fact, um, probably isn't a Princeton grad. Um, and then we see him uh, playing the piano inside an empty concert hall. And the janitor like question. flips on the lights, and he's like, oh, "I'm sorry, you've skipped over some things." What? What did I miss? <laughs> when, when the movie actually starts, you know, you see the title screen and the credits. What oh, font? Sorry. What font are all the letters in? What? What? What are we looking at? Well, first of all, it's typeface. Um, font is actually the size of the letters. Um, and I'm not an expert in, in typeface, so I I, I couldn't tell you um, what, what that is. But but essentially, what it comes down to is that the, the, that this this guy who had a son who went to Princeton, who went to Princeton himself, hires Matt Damon to go. He's an, a wealthy industrialist, and his son is uh, Jude Law is in Italy. The, the, I'm sorry, the the shipping green leaves. The shipping green leaves. Yep, and and his son is in Italy. Um, and, uh, he's like, I want Matt Damon. Will you go and get, bring my son home? Um, you know each other. Maybe he'll listen to you. I've been writing to him and it should be mentioned that this is a period movie that this takes place in the 1950s. Yeah. Does that sound right? So like just going over there is, isn't as simple as it would be say today. So, um, so Matt Damon, um, attempts to, uh, to go get, um, Jude Law and, and essentially, um, to continue the big boy review without spoilers, uh, Matt Damon, w- with all all of that uh, trolling, I tried to get Flag to complain about me giving a scene by scene analysis. Um, that's what that was. Uh, but 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 Matt Damon is actually you know 
a nobody. He he's he's not he has no money to really to speak of. So he relishes this idea to get paid a thousand dollars to go to Italy, mm-hmm. and uh, and what he essentially does is is he he just hangs out uh, with with Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow and just so, kind of clings on as best can, as he can. We do, can we do the spoilers now? Sure. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen this movie from nineteen ninety nine, we're gonna jump into spoil. <laughs> we, we won't try to spoil it. Uh, we're gonna spoil it pretty bad. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> Pause it, pause it now, and come back in in twenty years when you <laughs> decide to watch the movie. So Matt Damon grabs his corduroy jacket and goes to Italy. Um, you missed the part where he gets off the ship in Italy together with um, what's her name? Kate Blanchett. Um, yeah, Kate Blanchett. together with the, Kate the Blanchett. famous the famous South African. Yeah, uh, of the 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 textile logs or whatever family she's from. Mm-hmm. That, that, that that scene made me laugh. Where it was like, oh, the 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 shipping green leaves. Oh, yeah, where the where the textile logs. Well, you're you're from the uh, aren't aren't you the Forester lassies? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Formerly uh, of the reindeer herd lassies. Yeah, <laughs> the reindeer magnates. Yes. Yeah, and so big it, big reindeer. Yeah, and so it, it's sort of obvious. When, when they meet that Kate Blanchett is going to play some sort of part later in, in the movie, too. Um, Big part. J- just based on their interaction. How how great did Jude Law look in this movie? Hot. Woo! Extremely. Is that, is, that what, is that what you're looking for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a, <laughs> kind a, of a, a scene-by-scene analysis of, of Jude Law's body. That would be great. His, yeah. his I think tight that... bathing suit cupped his buttocks like uh, two grapefruits in a sack. <laughs> that was yeah that that's dead on <laughs> what do you jude law's butt looked exactly like two great two fruits fruits. Sack. <laughs> What's uh, it? are you looking for us to say he looked hot like is that is that no. is well, that what we're going for well he yeah. looked young i mean it's 1999 jude law you know who else looked young uh, caught me off guard a bit was uh, philip seymour hoffman yeah, when, when yeah. he arrived, crashed his car on the plaza or whatever the hell he did. And a good, great. I mean, he he always is great in whatever movie he's in. But um, yeah, it was a good good performance. So, isn't Jude Law uh, Erica's favorite actor or something? I like know that? she's a big fan. Yeah, what was it that she loved because it had Jude Law? I don't think you can have a favorite favorite actor if you've only seen six movies. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, because then we mentioned several movies he's in. She's like, "Yeah, I haven't seen those." <laughs> like, yeah, well, you probably like should. One of one of four actors that she knows. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so Chris, so she, she'd seen like Sherlock Holmes, and what else had she seen? Jude Law. <laughs> That's it. So, Chris, what did you like about the talented Mr. Ripley? That's a good question, actually, because I, I liked it. Um, uh, Matt Damon was delightfully creepy and. Just hateable in like now. Yeah. Now I understand more what what Ming Ming talked about when he was on. Just like it's Matt, you know, something about Matt Damon, and he took for granted that like, yeah, you kind of hate him. And like so, like yeah, like in this movie and um, Interstellar, like there's so many movies that Damon's a bad guy. So it's almost uh, The Departed. Uh, there's so uh, like Matt Damon does that very very well. The, the I, I, I think of, a, of Jude Law being a yeah, spoiled, The Departed is a good comparison. Jude Law is a perfect spoiled brat who who. Uh, was really just an awful, awful person. I mean, he he just went through life kind of picking up and dropping people. And, and sure, Matt Damon was a leech, but Jude Law was happy to be his best friend and just drop him like that. Yeah. So, Chris, what Chris, what, what's your talent? Every man should have one. Producing stool quality podcast content is my talent. I can't write and I can't spell. It's the privilege of a first class education. That's a good line. Boats are female. Can't name one after a man. Uh, my kind of character. I, I think he was the hero of the movie. <laughs> he's, he's actually the good guy, yeah. It's a shame when Matt Damon kills him. So I, I think Matt Damon really... I think he sort of nailed what I imagined a true like sociopath to be like. Yeah. Like his mannerisms yeah. throughout the movie are just... They're, they're so off-putting and you can tell that there's something wrong with him. Yeah, yeah. Like he's... Uh, so I, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman is not a likable character in this at all, but like he kind of calls him out. Like he spot, spot, um, spots Matt Damon kind of spying on 
Jude Law and Gwyneth Paltrow having sex. Mm-hmm. And he like calls him out. He's like, yeah, way to go, peeper. Like, get a get a good look. Because, um, like, Damon, he, like, watches in a really creepy way. And he, so, the, so yeah, it was um, one of the ways that he gets in good graces with Jude Law is by imitating Jude Law's dad. Uh, his voice, his yes. cadence, all that stuff. And he does it very effectively, but it's because he kind of studies people in a really creepy way. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember Philip Seymour Hoffman's first line? Uh, when he meets Jude Law and Matt Damon? No. Don't you want to f*** every woman you see once? Matt Damon says something and Philip Seymour Hoffman clarifies and says, but but just once. So he he's the second protagonist of the movie. Okay, gotcha. What do we think of um, good old Marge, Gwyneth Paltrow? You're a Gwyneth fan, aren't you, Chris? I am. She, she seemed like an underdeveloped character, just kind of uh, someone to kind of be there. So she helped move the plot along. Uh, she, she had a line that, that was really integral to the plot where she was like, Dickie makes you feel so great, like you're the only person in the world. Uh, and then when he turns his gaze from you, Thomas, did you write this line down? You seem to have. Do you, do you know what line I'm talking about? Well, when when he focuses, when it's he a, pays when he attention. Focuses attention on you, it feels so great. Yeah. Um, but she's kind of sympath- empathizing with him. She's like, and then like when he takes his gaze away, like it hurts. And she's talking about just guys. And then she's like, and that do- that doesn't even consider the women. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, she's she's his girlfriend. And at one point in the movie, he's like, "I'll you know, we're never gonna get married." Um, and it's obvious that he messes around with other women. She knows that, and she sticks around with him. Uh, why? I, I it's not that's that's not clear to me. It's, no, well, she's obviously the worst character in the movie because any sane person would have ditched him. I mean, yeah, un- unless yeah. what you just talked about was so strong that. That, she, that she couldn't get out of it or something. She should have left him ages ago. Yeah. She knew who he was. I don't think it was her character was written all that well. Um, or it was written by a misogynist. Well, I think, I don't know. I don't, I mean, this. I think this could be, this goes for both women and men, but oftentimes people hang on to other people for, they hang on to the person that they wish they were dating. And, and therefore that kind of prevents them from realizing that they're not with a person who resembles that person. And so she's kind of deluded. She thinks Dickie is this wonderful guy and she's convinced himself that he is. So she just isn't able to kind of extricate herself from this, I don't know, abusive relationship. That's what I think. I think the I think there's something to that. So when 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 they're doing the Madonna scene and the f- statue comes out of the water, uh, <laughs> they is it necessary to put an expletive there? <laughs> uh, and they find uh, a body of uh, one of the women that Dickie Jude Law has has been uh, sleeping with. My first thought was that Jude Law might have killed her. Killed her, yeah. That was my first thought. Was that you know? Because Jude Law doesn't seem to have really a moral compass. It's kind of whatever, whatever is kind of serves him. But based on his reaction, it, it seemed like he was genuinely uh, upset that, that she had killed herself. And and um, like he, things have always kind of just worked out for him. And he assumed that he could get her pregnant and do, you know do all these other you know just live his life and without consequences. He genuinely liked her, kind of on his terms. That's, that's the impression I got. Like his character, there's a difference between being someone who's just enjoying life and not having a care in the world and pouring up your family's money and whatever and being a terrible person and sleeping around and so on. There's a difference between that and actually, you know, killing someone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and, and I would say that, that, that um, Jude Law was, maybe we should use D- Dickie, um, was, uh, was self-absorbed, but probably not a murderer. Yeah. So... I read the book. Uh, Ooh, look at uh, a while ago. You read ago. the book or the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Is the and, book based on the movie? Yeah, the the book came out afterwards. Okay. Thomas, um, you or Ryan, you have read a lot of books for a guy who never went to college. I know. My problem with that was that with the movie that in the book, uh, Matt Damon's more like like he knew he was going to kill Dickie. He he, oh, he, really? he, he was, was trying yeah he was trying to get him out on the boat and that's why like you know he was uh, practicing his imitation because at at some point when Dicky turned against him and you know wanted him to go back home he made the decision he decided oh well you know I'm 
he, he was going to kill him and become him. So I wish they would have, I don't know. I kind of wish it would have been, so he was more of a, he was more calculated and not like just falling into things in, in the book. And then the other problem I had with the movie is I spent most of the time trying to remember, was that in the book or not? And <laughs> that was frustrating. That is an interesting uh, artistic choice to, to make it an accident. I'm guessing because it would have probably taken a lot more time okay. in a movie to set up the turn. Well, and, from, and how do you do that apart from a narrator? How do you show? Right. Yeah, exactly. Because, yeah. yeah trying yeah, to. You'd have him. to show that turn to where he just decides that, okay, I'm going to kill him and become it. I'm not sure. So I haven't read the book, but I'm not sure the movie actually loses that much because he later proves, like, we, we figure out that he he, he can be rather evil. He's a sociopath. Yeah. And we, all, we figure out that he can be really calculated later on, like with the phone game and everything that he does yeah. afterwards. So I'm not sure how much. Yeah. This after, after he killed, um, like after he kills Dickie, that it pretty much follows book the rest, mostly follows the book the rest of the way from there on. But I think you're right. They, I, you're probably right. They, it didn't really lose that much just by making the first murder you know you know happenstance ryan how hot was jude law pretty hot i mean like when you turned on the movie you were like damn <laughs> yes that's exactly what i said that's all i'm uh, saying he would get my I, was, I, was wa- I was watching it with rose last night and she was like what i was like nothing <laughs> i i can't imagine anybody else playing that character better than Jude Law, though. No, I, he he definitely nailed the, the playboy. Yeah. wonder yeah. if he has any real-life experience with that. <laughs> I'm sure he does. So, Ryan, what you're saying is when, when you turned on the movie, you immediately got wood and, <laughs> and put it in your fireplace to kind of stoke the fire. Right. That's not exactly what I said. That's what I meant. Yeah. All right. So what did you think of the movie after the death of... After the death of... After Dickie was murdered... <laughs> After Dickie dies of natural causes in the boat. <laughs> and, and, the, and the boat just happens to sink with a bunch of rocks in it. <laughs> That's the alternative screenplay that never saw the light of day. Yeah, what if I, he didn't kill him? Dickie has... What yeah, this you know, movie Dickie presupposes, what if he didn't? What if he didn't? <laughs> I was, I was a, a little uh, surprised at the fact that he didn't end up... When he first goes to Italy and he meets Jude Law, Dickie and Marge, my initial thought was that he's somehow going to get involved with Marge for the rest of the movie. That, that was where I thought it was going, and that didn't happen at all. Yeah, yeah, I wondered that too. What did you think about the fact that he bought Christmas presents for himself? Yeah, that was weird. Wait, yeah. you guys don't... You don't do that? <laughs> I do. Well, I just don't wrap them up. I don't. I mean, wrap that's them the up only like way you that. get stuff you want. Exactly. Yeah, but I still wouldn't wrap them up and then sit there in the floor in my living room and open them. Like, oh, nuts! Uh, We're not talking about a stable person, though. No, <laughs> that's the thing that Thomas found most objectionable. He only <laughs> killed a few yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the biggest problem. So why do you buy presents for himself? The hell? Matt Damon was a stable genius. <laughs> <laughs> But Ryan, did you like the movie, even though it wasn't completely faithful to the book? Well, it wasn't even that I cared, like, overall that it wasn't faithful to the book. It's, like, I was honestly just frustrated because I could not remember. Uh, like, the entire movie, I just kept catching myself. Is that is that from, was that in the book, or is that or is that not in the book? Or in, like, just thinking about it, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. Just watch the movie. And so I was mostly just frustrated the entire time. Thomas, when, when you hung out with Ryan, did you find him copying your mannerisms and, like, quoting you in your accent? <laughs> Why do you think I left? <laughs> just in time. But I think, like, the performances, I, like, I think everybody in it was great. I mean, Matt Damon, Jude Law, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, I thought Gwyneth Paltrow. I, I haven't played. seen him in anything lately. He's <laughs> been pretty inactive. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to take a break. One one last thing about Matt Damon. The, on one hand, like I was thinking about his character today when I w- went for my walk in the evening, and you can understand almost every move he makes by the fact that he has absolutely nothing to lose. He's a Right. Well, mm-hmm. he, he's a bathroom attendant and a, a janitor at the opera or whatever the 
he's doing. Like, he has nothing to lose, so he takes every chance he gets throughout the movie. He gets addicted to this lifestyle and he wants to keep it. Yeah. And the fact that he's so afraid of losing it also explains why he offs his boyfriend off in the other way there at the end on the boat. He he, he chokes his boyfriend, but, but not in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> What's the good version of choking your boyfriend? So, some people like it. Yeah, and, and the last quote I have from the movie is where it's somewhere toward the end where he says that uh, he would rather be a fake somebody than a real nobody. Chris, you said that you... We haven't watched more 1999 movies yet, so you don't really know how it compares to the others. Better movie than Varsity Blues? Oh, yeah. Ryan, pretty remarkable. Thomas invented a time machine. Oh, he did? Yeah, okay. like, he was just shared When you were gone, he shared with us that, that he um he was looking through the TV guide. <laughs> a what? Oh, yes. like on the... Yes. On the TV guide. Like, yeah, like a paper video. magazine TV guide thing. No, he was talking about his, his TV guide app on his phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right? What's nope, nope. He was. This is a, a, th- a thing that comes with the paper. Yeah. Like a newspaper. Did you, did you type something out and print it yourself? No, it, it was it was delivered by the mail person. Mail person. I I don't know its gender. <laughs> you mean Z's the late gentleman? Gender. <laughs> the late. Did you say the late mailman? No, the lady mailman. Oh, I thought, I thought you were suggesting that Thomas is a sociopath that kill, killed his mailman just to take over his identity. Because okay. he wanted to be a real nobody. <laughs> he started being a famous academic. Instead of a, instead of a was... fake famous academic somebody. All right, let me know when you guys are done. I will be over here reading the TV guide. Since Thomas can't say Madonna or Virgin Mary without cursing, and he can't do a lot of things without cursing, I was talking to my brother on the phone yesterday, and he mentioned that he was catching up on the SSEU podcast, and he was playing it in the car with his kids. And like out of nowhere, Thomas has, drops an f bomb. Like the younger of his of his kids just like giggled and looked at each other, and like the rest of the day were like, "Remember on Uncle Christopher's podcast?" Which is really what it should be called. Um, my on podcast uh thomas said the f word like they just found great amusement in in you doing that so thanks for making our uh podcast adult content thomas i I will i will just i'm quoting here from uh, the independent the media outlet in the uk where they say and i quote intelligent people are more likely to swear a study has found it did say intelligent people are more likely to swear please please Transition. So I'm at the largest demonstration in Prague since 1989, the collapse of communism. People are protesting the corrupt Prime Minister Andrei Babish, and I take the opportunity to try to sell the podcast. And so Ryan had sent me uh, a bunch of his SSAU business cards. <laughs> so I'm in the middle of this throng of 100,000 Czechs who are chanting, Babish, yes, Lutinets! Babish, yes, Lutinet means Babish is a criminal. And and so I'm, I'm saying, hey, hey, do you like podcasts? Have you have you heard of the SSEU? Do you like podcasts? Getting no response. No response. <laughs> People are staring at me, elbowing me out of the way. They're just all into their anti-corruption business. And finally, I see this kind of guy off by himself, you know, looking a little more reasonable than the rest of these people. And I say... Uh, have you heard of the S- SSEU? And and uh, do you know where I can get some of that Soros money? Because our 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 cock money's kind of running out. And I've heard this is like the region where Soros hangs out. And and uh, and I said maybe maybe you've heard of the Kinney movie quotes. <laughs> and he looks at me. He says Kinney Bratry. Shh shh. And he puts his hand over my mouth. He grabs my arm and drags me into this alley around the corner. And he says. SSEU, danger, careful, <laughs> Soros not friend. And I'm just dumbfounded. I'm staring at this guy like he's a lunatic. Reaches into his pocket, and I thought he was going to pull out a weapon or something, but he pulls out a piece of paper. It's all crumpled up. He hands it to me, and he says, dossier, Kenny dossier. <laughs> and he runs away. So at this point, I'm freaked out, totally freaked out. So I run back to my hotel room, get a glass of water, open this piece of paper up and it says uh 1017 subject on charles bridge running after toddler (laughs) toddler holding caricature of samuel l jackson apparently stolen from bridge street artist 
cobbler throws Pixar to the Copper River. Subject looks on laughing. 1247. Subject on Venceslas Square near Sausage Vendor. Subject buys two sausages, one with bun, one without bun. Consume sausage with bun. Immediately upon finishing first sausage, grabs second sausage with right hand. Proceeds to beat unidentified man with sausage while yelling, I did not poop, put the poop in the shoe. <laughs> <laughs> 1500 hours to 1700 hours subject seen entering leaving various cafes always with look of perplexity and frustration lip readers assure us subject was muttering about how no Prague cafes seem to have online ordering apps for a phone how the hell are all these people staying caffeinated (laughs) (laughs) and that was the end of the dossier so I don't know the dates that this thing is referring to, but you know, Ryan, what do you have any reactions, thoughts? Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna admit to anything one way or the other. Question: When did you last place an order with a, a real life barista at a coffee shop? When did uh, I don't know? What, however many years ago they stopped having real life baristas in coffee shops. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever that was. I don't know. All right. We are starting to run out of time. Do you guys have anything else for today? Perfect. That's it. That's it for us. See you next time. <laughs>